Hello and welcome to the 100th episode oh. of the Plebs on Footy podcast. Can you believe it? I'm your host, Roy O'Kane, and as always, I'm joined by Scott Father again. Oh, Banjo, I've been waiting 100 episodes for you to say that, to, yeah, be, to be perfectly yeah, yeah. honest. Uh, it's exciting stuff. Do you ever think we'd get here? Did I ever think we'd get here, mate? I was absolutely way. adamant we weren't going to do one. I was, it was probably the most determined I've ever been about anything that we were never going to do one. Is it your greatest failure in life to have capitulated into doing this? Because you were the one who convinced me, I guess. Yes. Yes, that is the case. There's nothing I hate more than you defeating me at something. And I'm pretty satisfied. I mean, a hundred episodes, I can't really say that uh, you didn't win out, yeah. Un- unfortunately. As sad as it is for everyone, including our listeners, we are still here 100 episodes in. Yeah, we should thank all our listeners. Um, Poochie. Um, Pooch, thanks, mate. Yep. Uh, any other thanks? Thanks, Mum and Dad, for bringing uh, us into the world. Who else listens? Uh, does David Payne still listen? <laughs> he might. I think, I think he does a little bit. Bitters listens. Bitters listens. We've, we've got a handful around yeah. there. So, yeah, we have a, we have a few thank yous yeah. to give out. Uh, but speaking... not, not that we wouldn't have done this if they didn't listen, let's be honest. <laughs> <laughs> we don't have enough listeners Spe- for them to drive us. Speaking of our sad, though, Bancho, uh, how's your mental health going? I think... So, I've seen you pretty grumpy on a lot of occasions. You're a grumpy man. I see you flip a little bit, but... Uh, Saturday night, you weren't even like angry. You were just, you were just miserable. It was I the, just it was wasn't the, having any of it. It was the saddest I've ever. I might have had this. Might have been the worst sort of three days of my life. Oh. <laughs> That's not true, but it's up there. So obviously, uh, the election didn't go the way I wanted. No, it certainly didn't. North Melbourne then proceeded to lose by a kick in a semi-devastating uh, fashion. But to be honest, not devastating at all, given what else is going on that night. I think Game of Thrones ended in yeah, an unimaginably yeah. shit way. I'd forgot. I'd forgotten about that one actually. Well, I hadn't forgotten about it, but I'd yeah. forgotten how much that would affect your mental health yeah. as well. So, uh, so and shit, like, three days. Know, I mean, Sunday least... was good though. It was like, uh, it was like uh, Jesus esque. Just a day of rest in between stuff happening on <laughs> so Easter. At least with Game of Thrones, at least that one we kind of they expected that to be a disappointment. Yeah. The other losses were. Uh, I thought pre- we were. A, I thought we were a shoe in to beat Sydney down in Tassie because Sydney are shit. And, you know, still are. Didn't really disprove that. And, uh, yeah, cannot believe Labor lost the election. <laughs> I can't either. Look, to be honest, it was probably the best night of my life. I, I love seeing you miserable, and it, it did put a big smile on my face. So. The only way I know you judge me, you uh, value me as a friend, is by the fact that you take so much <laughs> I, joy in, I, in my misery. I enjoy misery. your misery more than anyone else in the world. So and that's, the only, that's a compliment. It's the only way you communicate <laughs> our friendship. Yeah. Yeah, but uh, oh, what a great night. What a great night. Oh, but anyway... Awful. I did drink myself into a stupor, so that was... Okay. That was needed? Yeah. Anyway, into our episode 100 and about the, what, 96th gold jacket, green jacket, around that mark. We took a few we episodes. We could go fact check that, actually. We, we talked about this last week. We're not going to go back and look at it. But anyway, gold jacket, green jacket. It's everyone's favourite segment. The title derives from the line in Happy Gilmore... Gold jacket, green jacket, who gives a shit, and we give three, two, one votes for the most meaningless games of the round. Uh, really tightly contested gold jacket, green jacket this week. There was one obvious one, so which will get the three, and then it was there was only one or two points that separated yeah, about four five way games. context for the rest of the votes. Needed another tiebreaker. I was going to say I got to applaud you. Even split between interstate and local teams this week and make oh, a. Oh come on! It'll mate. make Dan happy. You yeah, know I'm not biased, Dan. although Gold Coast are in there again. But you know that's that's expected. That's I don't expected. think putting Gold Coast in Gold Jacket Green Jacket <laughs> can come down to bias. I think even the most diehard Gold Coast supporter would, would real- cop to being a little irrelevant. <laughs> yes, correct, correct. It's not even like their coach isn't even going to get sacked, which is the only thing saving Carlton. 
Well, at one vote, we've got a couple of generally quite relevant teams or relevant clubs. Uh, Richmond defeated Hawthorne by 36 points. Yeah, most boring team in the competition lost. Was that Hawthorne after yep. what was talked about last Wayne week? Carey. Yeah. Wayne Carey does need to be said. It was 100% right. If there's any other game on, it doesn't matter who's playing, I will watch it over Hawthorne playing. Oh, I mean, like... A goal mo- goes most pe- easily. Most people would say Fremantle are the most boring team to watch from a game-style point of view. But at least... They- I would disagree, as you know, but that is bias. <laughs> <laughs> I, they don't... I guess they do come into consideration for me, but... There, yeah, there is nothing worse than a Fremantle Hawthorne game, I guess. <laughs> but the thing with Hawthorne is, I think they're just they're just so well structured, and they have such a good little machine that just clicks. They also into don't gears. have any good players. Yeah, but what I'm saying is that there's not normally there's no something talent. that comes. You know who's their most exciting player? It's either Jarman Impey or Paul Puopolo. How sad is that? Yeah, I mean, they used to have Cyril, they used to have Buddy, but like my my thing is like they there's not a lot that pops in there that's surprising. Like, oh, I wasn't expecting to see yeah. that. When you watch a Hawthorne game, it's like... How yeah, great is James Warple? Yeah, it's like that, that's just how Hawthorne play. They Who get the ball, they the chip shit? it around, and they stay in the game. Uh, they started really well in this game, though. They were quite good early. It was like a lot of games where it was the favourite ended up winning. I wasn't done talking how boring they are. <laughs> It was like a lot of games this week in which the favourite ended up winning and ended up winning pretty comfortably. But like early on, the other team looked quite good. Yeah. And if they took some chances, could have really been in the game. There were a lot of analogues for this kind of game. It happened three or four times yeah. overall. But yeah, Richmond are just... They're plugging along well enough that if Rewalt and Cochin back in elevates them enough... They could cut, They could still be around they, the mark. Are they top four now? They're close. I think they're fifth I, or sixth. Yeah, I think I might be out on percentage. But that, that's... I mean, that's really upsetting, isn't it? I really thought... Oh, so they're like even on percentage with Brisbane according to the AFL app, but they're just below them. Yeah, so... So they're pretty much top four. And like mm. they, a lot has not gone their way. And there's been periods of time where they haven't looked good. Hell, and they're still good. You really have to, like you just have to give credit to their culture. The to worst their part is that they've found a lot of players that are kind of like. Oh, I like, like Liam uh, Lewis Baker. Yeah, Lewis Baker. Is it Liam Baker? Liam Baker. Yes, I think it's Liam. It is Liam Baker. Yeah, I forget. Do you like him? I do like him. He's, he's, an, quite he's another one of those bogans. He's a bit. He's got a little bit of the Higgins. Yeah, he's him. got a nice kicking action. Um, like Shy Bolton. Yeah, I quite like Shy Bolton. He's Don't excited. mind Ross. He's good to watch. Yeah, he's all right. Um, Sydney Stack. Is Every, everyone oh, likes Sydney Stack Sydney Stack's at the moment. just a yeah. given. The way his hands, just fantastic yeah. to watch. But the only Richmond player I like, Rioli, and he yeah. hasn't even been playing the last couple of weeks. So, I, I have a question for you. Is there potential for Noah Bolter to just turn into a Sam Frost? <laughs> what do you mean a Sam Frost? Like, does good Super things. Super athletic. Can do everything. Doesn't have a bit brain. Bit dumb. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, I, like, I can see that. I don't think anyone's that really... That is I, my ideal situation. Sam Frost is Noel his Bolter. own beast. I don't think anyone else could That's be true. him. But I see what you're saying. Surely Bolter's nickname is going to be XPA. Surely, I haven't heard anyone mention that. How many people do you think have ever heard of that beer? Oh, well, I mean, it was number one in the top 100 beers of the year or whatever that thing Yeah, how many do. people do you think have ever read that list? Not a lot, but enough people have heard of a Bolter XPA. It's pretty popular. I, I think you're flat I out suppose Richmond supporters, it's a little wrong. bit upmarket for them, I suppose. But yeah. uh, no, I'm going to start calling him XPA, and I hope he does become That's a frosty. Fine. It will not catch on. But anyway, that was a lot of crap. <laughs> Moving on uh, to what was a close, but what was a very poor game of football. Eston defeated Fremantle by seven points. 
Still can't figure Frio out, mate. Still can't figure it out. I, to be, the media can't figure him out either. I've heard so much contradiction, people talking mm. about Frio. I've heard a lot of discussions about how Frio were trying to change and become an attacking team. I've heard a lot of discussions about how Frio are and always will be the most boring team in the competition. They're so defensive. I heard one... Second most boring. I heard, <laughs> I heard one <laughs> piece of commentary on... I'm really impressed with Fremantle that they can play a different way every week and that's impressive. But I, in terms of, in my mind, I think that's a criticism that they don't have a clear system. I don't think you should be changing so dramatically yeah, week Yeah, because it also doesn't seem to have any rhyme or reason as to why they do what they do. This week, I suppose you could argue that Essendon are quite an attacking yeah. team. And uh, look at And I don't, I think if they Away went... from home. If Rio went for a shotgun, exciting style, you'd feel like they would have got flogged by Essendon. So maybe there was a thing of let's try to slow it down a little bit and keep ourselves in the game but to be honest having watched bits and pieces of the game like it was skills Mm. really like I don't think yeah yeah it was a congested game but there could have been just a a bit crap it was just a bad game of footy it was just not a high standard from either team and I've heard a lot of negative talk about Frio coming uh, about Essendon coming out of it as well which they're just not a great team they're just going along if they make the eight they won't win a final like that run's not really in trouble. They'd have to completely flip their form line. They, they could, they the could win a final, but they're not going to go. They're certainly not going to go deep. Oh, they could win a they, final. They'd have to play Brisbane and Brisbane get overawed. That's their path to a finals win. <sighs> their best is pretty good. Their best is really exciting. It's just I can't back them in to do that regularly enough to finish high enough on the ladder or to go for yeah. two or three weeks throughout finals. Because as we've talked about, they just don't have the mm. structures in place. But anyway, that was a rubbish game. Let's move on again. To <laughs> don't want to talk about the Devin Smith injury at all? Because that does hurt them. Oh, I mean, it hurts you because you just traded him in in fantasy. So yeah, I do want to talk about it a little bit for that reason. But it was only Jaden Stevenson. <laughs> it was, he, wasn't a big deal. He wasn't playing that well, Smith, anyway. No. He was fairly down on last year. The hope year. was. like No one really wants to hear my fantasy talk. But the hope was <laughs> take a few weeks off and then be back to his best. Do you think it's possible out. last year was a bit of a purple patch for him if you look at players histories there is generally a year and so this is like dumb nerdy stuff but there is generally one year where someone does about 15 points better on like just a pure fantasy thing than they'll ever do again yeah like there's so many players have done that Delidio did it, jack steven did it, there's jess seb ross has done yeah. it they so so many and like this doesn't show anything about how good the player is but does show relative performance year to year yeah yeah that yeah. happens all the time and I think Devin Smith just had his... And I, and I think it could make sense with Devin Smith too. And like he, yeah. he came to Essendon with this knock of being a bit, of a, a bit soft and a bit not really a team player. And he came in with this absolute yeah. fierce it determination. Manic. It was just a tackling machine. And sometimes that doesn't last. But, I mean, the bloke's injured, so let's, let's give, him a, give him a pass. Yeah, now. let's not write him off for the rest of his career here. <laughs> Am I allowed to move on yet? Yeah, you are. I'm allowed to move on? Okay, now this you was a... My this was a very nice, easy gold jacket, green jacket, yeah, three you votes. you barely had to put it in the formula, did you? Uh, I mean, I did put it in, but, but got, about yeah. like two slots in, I was like, this is definitely going to be it. But uh, <laughs> Port Adelaide defeated Gold Coast by 38 points. So to those teams, we say... Gold jacket, green jacket, who gives a shit? Similar to uh, the, uh, what was it, the West Coast game last week. I, I didn't even realise this game happened, to be honest with you. <laughs> uh, did, 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 what, what happened? Can you tell uh, me? I mean, 38 points. Port played Gold Coast. They yeah. won by 38 points. It was close for the majority of the game, and then the last quarter, Port just sort of flexed their muscles. Jeez, it's a good Did that happen for... every game this year? Every game this week? Every game pretty was much, pretty the much. better team. Like It was a 
kind of a reasonable game and the better team just blew them away. Happened so much. But yeah, Port, this is a good win for them because I think Hinkley said they have eight of their best 10 players out by their own judgments. Any win you get under those circumstances, if they are keeping themselves in the hunt. They won it pretty convincingly in the end. Gold Coast aren't good, but they're not They're not a just doormat in the way they have been in the past. They are no, better. No, correct. And they make you fight, port fort, and they got the job done. And it's just, it's going to get them a long way to getting to finals. Because yeah. if they can get to the bye... They do start to get everyone. Yeah, and, and Port, for now, they, they just need to get through. They just yeah. need to get through and get enough wins that their season's still alive. And then hopefully they sort of click in the second half of the year. So any win they can get, yeah, in any circumstances against any team right now is to pretty honest, valuable for looking them. Looking at them holistically, I kind of think it's hard for them to be bad enough in the second half, but half of this year for this not to be a win as a whole on the year. I've been very impressed by Port this year. Yeah, they drafted really well. Nearly every kid they've brought in, I thought... He has something there he could develop. Rosie's obviously an absolute jet. I like the look of Dersma. Butters, if he cleans up his act a bit with his touch and disposal, could be yeah, anything. And, they, and they've made some changes. I mean, we talked at length last year about how frustrated we were, how boring they had become. Yeah. How they'd become just such a sort of contested game and so defensive. And this year they're giving their players a little bit more... Uh, License, yeah. Yeah, yeah exactly Interestingly, right. Interestingly, including though, those they kids. have a side that is much more built to play the way they did last year than they did... The year, last year, yeah, they, well, that's, they yeah. lost Pollock, they, they lost yeah. Wingard. Yeah, they lost their respective players. Would but. have been very, very handy in a system like this, although they did get Rosie out of it and a heap of good draft kickers. And, so, and Rosie is an X-Factor player. Yeah. So there is, like, there's still a little bit It's there, just an interesting little look at their list management. Uh, anything to say about the Gold Coast? Oh, not really, no. I think, <laughs> similar to what you said against about Port, I, I find it pretty hard to... See a scenario when we look back on this season and think it's anything but a positive for they Gold Coast. They win one more game for the year. That's probably a pass. Yeah, and they become yeah they become as you say they're a competitive team now. When teams play against them, it's not just oh this is definitely going to be a win. It's like oh, we should win, but we're going to have to play well. Yeah, exactly. and that's that's the step they had to take. So like we're going to play right. them in two weeks up at Metricon. Every chance we lose. Yeah, yeah, I think. Like, oh yeah, that's, that, that's that, uh, that there'll be plenty of people tipping Gold Coast. Yeah, mm. oh, fuck. <laughs> <laughs> we can, we yeah. just beat them. But, you know, we beat them. Yeah, <laughs> we beat we've them. only got a small margin to beat them by before I can say we're better than you. Anyway, let's move on to my favourite segment, Kane Corns, Call of the Week, where we look at the best call made by the media during the week and then make an outlandish one of our own to just really get in the spirit of you, the AFL media. You've laid claim to your uh, favourite segment, have you? This is this is officially your favourite? This is your number one? Yeah, well, what else do I have? Top five? Yeah, Let's top be honest, five. that's a bit Pushy's mailbag, Billy Gow's watch. I don't get a claim. Well, my attitude to Billy Gow's watch has been <laughs> questionable for a while now. <laughs> and Pucci's mailbag. Whoa. Yeah. Battle situations with unexpected is. handicaps. Oh, well, you like yours. that one. You enjoy I, that. I do enjoy that one, but it's not my segment. So you've got yeah, to be okay. possessive. All right, so Kane Corns is your number one. Uh, Fair enough. When this is do you all- want to know what my favorite segment is? <laughs> 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 Same as everyone else, Gold Jacket, Green Jacket. <laughs> Oh, you're a dick. <laughs> <laughs> but anyway, let's get into your yeah, favourite so, <laughs> Yeah, so this is more of an homage than anything. Is Kane Corns, when we first came up with the idea of this segment, well, to be honest, it was kind of given to us by a listener, but uh, we came up with the, uh, the idea, and it was all about the fact that Kane Corns made some pretty outlandish comments. The first one he ever made that we sort of 
pricked our ears to was the fact that Dangerfield apparently plays up his injuries. This is sort of just an iconic The origin yeah. of the Kane Corns. Like, if we were making this, yeah. the uh, Batman's parents getting shot in the laneway of this pod. <laughs> okay, okay. <laughs> and the best thing is, he's done it again. He's doubled down. Dangerfield rolls his ankles on crutches at the end of the game. Brad Scott makes some... Chris Scott, not Brad, <laughs> makes some comments about uh, how he should be fine. It's just a bit of uh, the Dangerfield. The Danger Show, yeah. Yeah. Uh, and he just seized on it and said he plays off his injuries again. Just, I love it. I love the commitment to the bit. I love the no-nonsense approach taken to the star of the game, pretty much. Just not not holding back. Look, he does stick to stuff, Kate. Yeah. He, he always has. He's been very firm on not being a big fan of text. That's been a big ongoing one. Yeah, when he makes a call, he, he, I read an article uh, the other week of him apologising about how he got the O'Meara trade wrong and how that was actually a good player. Which is that, but that's the only time in his life he, also he didn't ever apologised. He didn't get that trade wrong. Okay, but he, <laughs> the main point was O'Meara is a good player, which he wasn't expecting to happen. So yeah. good on him for apologising for something. But yeah, he's doubled down again on this one. To be fair. It was it was fairer this time for him to say. There he's was a also, bit more. Yeah, he's not entirely wrong about this either. No, there was a bit more backing it up. As we say, there was mm. the Scott comments, which added a little fuel to the fire of danger. What are you doing, mate? Yeah. And then, um, yeah, like it, it, it and he's going to be playing. Yeah. Like he's going to be playing. This he's week. apparently so, made a miraculous recovery, yeah, according and, to Mitch Cleary. And like you did, kind of get the vibe at the time that there was a fair chance that was going to happen. So. Kane, I, like, I, I think he's kind of on yeah, the ball. If, if this, this wasn't such a pivotal moment in pod history, I don't think we'd have gone with this. This is yeah. not the most outlandish thing in the world, but we just love, yeah, it's, love it. Like, it's big, but it's yeah. not, I don't think it's incorrect. I, I do also like that it definitely stems from the fact that Danger played for Adelaide and he just hates Adelaide. Yeah, I think if Danger wasn't so good a player, I think we'd hate this a lot more. He, he gets away with it a bit because we're like, oh, it's Danger. Like, yeah. You know, it's just a, he's just a bit cheeky, you know. But uh, it's not a great look. Okay, let's move on to yours then. My one. Uh, look, this one's something which is going to flown under mm. the radar a little bit. I don't know why anyone's... Almost like it, it didn't happen. <laughs> I think West Coast should be dock their premiership points for this week. Reason oh, being, really? Why? Reason being, Banjo, did you, did you see their team song after... Oh, uh, yeah, I did. The it, it, they were fairly happy about the win. It was they, a good win for them. They were chanting Melbourne shit. Really? They go back and listen they, to it. What did they say? Melbourne? It shit. was it was Melbourne shit. Melbourne shit. Do they have, all have a collective speech impediment or no? They, it was, or is I there think a chance it was just the one. Just... Guy, it was the one. I don't know who it was. One guy yelled it out and they went woo woo. They were getting around it. How disrespectful is that? And following the disgraceful Vardy performance on the great man mm. Maxwell Gorn rubbing it in his face. Yes, yeah, I it's, think it's really hard to just bring desecrate the... a dead body like that. Max Gorn, oh, just the bloke been, who was best on ground. Max by a Gorn mile. had just been killed he, by Liam Ryan. He absolutely dominated the game. He shat all over. Mildly Barty. surprising. Show some respect. Mildly surprising. You didn't need the Mark Murphy treatment. Have to get wheeled off in an ambulance. <laughs> Shut up, Banjo. It was very disrespectful. <laughs> just like, t- telling you, go back and listen to it. Melbourne are shit. Melbourne are shit. I'm Look, telling we'll, you, they were we'll, saying it. We will post. On uh, the yeah, Facebook page. We won't, but yeah. yeah no, we intend write, to. It, write this down. We'll post <laughs> this on the Facebook page and we can all let people judge it for themselves. It it's, was incredible. But it does sound like it. Yeah, look, I have listened to it. I'm not going to lie. I don't know what they could be saying otherwise. It's There's definitely something I shit. And it kind of sounds like Melbourne. But it does sound like Melbourne. And they start but, uh, laughing. Yeah, I, I don't know. No one's mentioned it. I'd, I'd love someone to well, ask. Well, one them. person has mentioned it. 
who the person on yeah, Facebook that I saw him turn yeah. my attention to it. Yeah. But uh, I, I would be fascinated for someone to ask him what they were saying there. Yeah. I don't know what else it could be. I it's think he was saying great. it. It was pretty great. Uh, move on to mine? <laughs> yes. Yes. Okay. Oh, um, come on. As people know, <laughs> I'm on a bit of a witch hunt, but I think this is justified. Oh, who against Roy? Who could this possibly be? Luke Beveridge should be sacked for his comments. The way he <laughs> defamed Damien Barrett just absolutely tore his reputation to shreds for a personal point-scoring exercise. It's completely removed from reality. It's just shameful and is unbefitting of the AFL. Should be sacked. Before we... Before I start arguing against you, we should say what the comments were. Yeah, go ahead. They were pretty brutal. Like, it was honest, It was probably the most brutal thing I've heard from a football person. He, he eventually went into, no one at this football club will forgive Damien Barrett for the way he treated Tom Boyd mm. and talking about... I don't even know what it I was. I think it's the stuff about his contract not being worth it. And, and I think there was a period of time where he was out with a back injury and Damo suggested that there wasn't actually an injury and there was something else going on. It was oh, yeah, when um, he supposedly punched Zane Cordy in the face. Okay. I remember that. Yeah, it could have been that. But yeah, they, they don't like each other. Don't take that as something that actually said, happened either, by the way. I don't know if that's true. <laughs> he <laughs> it was said, just a rumour. <laughs> he said no one at this club will ever forgive him and then he went into... It says something about the blackness of his soul, which is a... Uh, it's pretty rude. I don't think it gets much more brutal than that. So it was, it was fascinating to listen to. No, to and these two have a history. They certainly uh, do. Beveridge, uh, very loose, by a very loose definition of the word, assaulted David Barrett at a Brownlow apparently. in the bathroom at the Brownlow. Yeah, so they do have Haunted him and gave him a hip and shoulder. But look, mate, Bevo just loves his boys. That's where this comes from. He's a very passionate coach. And that is what allowed yep. him to be a premiership coach. Also a bit of a dick. A little bit of a dick. But do you not agree that one of the main reasons why they were able to win a premiership in one of the most extra- the most remarkable circumstances we've seen would be because of that love and that care that he has for his players and that passion that he instills within the club? I would say that is probably the biggest Look, reason why that happened. Possibly. Oh, that's a bit... That's a, probably a bit insulting to the club, actually. They weren't... Well, yeah, they I were manic that, and everything. Is that they were wrong desperate. To see, they, just, they deserve to be insulted. Like, they they weren't that good. They haven't been remotely anywhere near that kind of thing for three or four years since. So where's that gone? Has well, Beveridge I, just stopped caring? No, Apparently not. I get. I guess if I had to explain it, it would be it's a thing of... If Complacency, you're, something no, afterwards. If you're playing off sheer emotion... You're not going to be able to sustain that forever, and I, I don't think that North they were Melbourne that. A point in case for that. This I year. don't think they were that good, and I think he was able to bring something within them that no one knew they were capable of through this passion. And I think that therefore, whilst his comments were ridiculously over the top, they were reflective of why he's a good coach and he's a good man. Yeah, anyway, fuck Bevo. Just, Aaron Norton wasn't that good this week. <laughs> he just Neither loves Caleb his boys, Daniel. Mate. He loves his boys. Who else did I say? What other things did I say? No, it doesn't matter. <laughs> Aaron Norton's a star. They're probably not going to win the spoon anymore, though. Aaron Norton for <laughs> centre-half forward, All-Australian. Really? Over Tom McDonald's? <laughs> <sighs> Over Mason Cox. <laughs> hey! Anyway, let's move on to... Uh, kind of enjoyed this game actually yeah this is a perverse argument west coast defeated melbourne by 16 points you were happy were you oh very happy extremely happy to actually be you seem in a similar mind space to what i was last week yeah, so it the, is understandable. this was by some margin our best performance of the year <sighs> that's we, incredible i mean aside from the effort which was great 
some of our ball movement at time was, times was really good. With Melksham out, I thought our forward line would have no idea what it was doing. But Tom McDonald found a little bit of form. Our system going forward was a lot better. Uh, Hunt and Garlett were almost really good. Hunt was really good. Garlett was like almost amazing, but just mm. blew it on a few occasions. But our forward line started to have got a bit of sink about it. Our back line was great as well. Oscar McDonald had his best game of the year by a mile. Frost was up and down, as he is. Uh, Marty yeah. Hall's a gun. He is a gun. He's actually a gun. There are a few marks he plucked just out of nowhere. And I was, it's like, this bloke. For fantasy purposes, can you start doing those dumb switches through him a bit? They're really helpful for us. He a doesn't story. get a lot of them. He, he doesn't can, get any all, of them. All of his it's stats are through hard work. He takes a lot of intercept marks. He's, he's good. Our back line stood so up this, really well. This against... is not a like fantasy point, but it's something I only ever noticed through having him in my fantasy side. Every possession he must get would be contested, or at least like, yeah. the first possession received yeah, outside. He, he doesn't of something do a lot contested. of easy stuff. He does not bother with the switch kick or anything like yeah. that. And I thought with Hibbert out, he might get involved in that more, but no, same old, same he, old. He played a terrific game, but yeah. <laughs> just see, he's not. He doesn't rack up the stats. But our our ball movement with our hands, like it was, it was like last year where it was there were some patches of play when we just flicked the handball around and everything just seemed to stick, and we started really moving. Do you moving think you forward. found a better midfield balance by moving Brayshaw out? Interesting. I mean, it's hard to say because Brayshaw was a starting on-baller last year and we yeah. were a far better team last year. Either your best or second best midfielder, depending on whether you believe the umpires or not. <laughs> no, yeah, no, he was our second best yeah. midfielder. But um, I don't mind the idea of him on a wing, to be honest. He's really out of form at the moment. He hasn't played well there, so it's hard to make too much of a case for he him there. He did a couple of games there last year. Yeah. Like, you've moved him around a bit but early on in the year. I, I think he has the attributes to play wing. He's quite a good runner. He's good in space. Um, mm. he, like, I, I can see he's a much better wing option than Billy Oliver Stretch. is or Viney is or, um, yeah, Billy Stretch as well. Better but, than Nathan Jones on a wing, probably. Yeah, probably, yeah. Um, so like, has I actually, Nathan Jones moved inside as a result, or is he still playing on the wing? Uh, he, probably a little bit more. He, he spends a few centre bounces in there. Not a lot. Yeah. Not a lot. Um, I think that Harms has spent more time in there than he did earlier That's not in a the bad year. result. No, and he's playing he's very really accountable, well. which Brayshaw and Oliver yeah, aren't. Yeah, I, I don't mind the idea at all of putting Brayshaw on a wing. Um, he's, he's out of form at the moment, and I, like, I back him to turn that around. Um, but yeah, yeah I, I, I don't mind that. I think, yeah, in terms of a balance point of view, it actually does make some sense to me. I would like to see Petrarca in the middle more, as yeah, I've been well, saying for a not, very long he's time. He's just not a forward. Like, he's oh, not smart mate, enough. This game, he was almost amazing. He mm. was almost like a 10 out of 10 game. But he just blew a few chances. He dropped one uncontested mark, shanked a couple of kicks, and all of a sudden he finishes with like, you know, 15 touches, a couple of goals, and like a pretty good game. Yeah. Which he does far too often, and he is starting to get a bit frustrating. But I do, I do love the bloke. Yeah, we'll talk about his kicking later. Anything to say on West Coast? Uh, a lot is a lot similar with West Coast that we've seen in recent times. In terms of they looked a lot really on the back foot. They looked really panicky at times. We really there were times when it just seemed like they were, mm. yeah, we were just pushing him back, and they were just sort of panicked, didn't know what to do. There were a lot of real hack kicks forward, which you don't see a lot from West Coast. And I mean, in pre- last year, you don't see a lot from West yeah. Coast. It started to happen a little bit. A lot of that chipping back and forward. They they looked just a little bit yeah. out of conf- low on confidence. It's at the really moment. interesting because. The last few weeks, they've gotten everyone involved. They were they actually played all right early in the year. Um, then there was a few teething problems when Gath came back in. There was a bit of um, confusion about the role of both him and Sheed, and they yeah. didn't quite figure Yo's out. Yo's starting to find it. some form again. Yo was out of form, and now he's back. Yep. Sheed's sort of gotten back to 
what he was end of last year and very early this year. And Gaff has maintained his accumulation form. He's kicking still a bit iffy yeah. at the moment. but So all their prime midfielders are starting very well on a pure like accumulation perspective. But it hasn't really translated into connection with their forward line they, like they had last year. And I do think a lot of that is because they're not intercepting as high in defensive 50. Like... They just, I don't know. The, the, the They're vibe on the I'm, back foot the, a bit more, as you said. Yeah, the, the vibe I'm getting from them, they, they just they don't look confident going forward. Mm. Like, they'll get the ball and they just seem a little bit like, ah, oh, don't go for that kick. Yeah. And then they'll just chip it back again. And yeah, they're still six and And three. kind of hold on to it. Like, they're just not... Mm. Yeah, they just don't look sure of themselves going forward. I suspect they'll likely turn around. And when Nick Nat comes back, like, that's going to be absolutely enormous for them. So, I mean, yeah, they're, they're sitting quite pretty on the ladder. And I think they will get going at some Yeah, point. they're still six the, and three despite all that. Yeah, they're, they're post Losing quite dangerously in terms of there is a lot of improvement left in them. And if they can find that. Yeah, they're a bit like Richmond, actually, for a different reason. But you do sort of think it's not not hard. West Coast and Richmond. Yeah. Yeah. But it's also also not hard to see either of those sides being right in the mix at the end of the year if it clicks for For them. But anyway, let's move on. Collingwood defeated St. Kilda by 41 points in another... Formulaic performance yeah, for this round. Yeah, not very. St very Kilda were game. fantastic for three quarters, and they just got blown out late by Collingwood. Well, I suppose you could say they were almost fantastic. They blew a lot of chances, and there was a period of time where you felt like St Kilda could be winning really comfortably here. Yeah, they and could have feel, blown it over. If that happened, they probably would have won the game. Mm. But Collingwood were really efficient going forward, as they generally are. Just kept themselves in it, kept themselves in it, and then when the game really broke open, Collingwood just. Utterly ran over the top of them, which is a it, that's a sign of a really good team. The last two weeks, Collingwood have been challenged in circumstances where they probably weren't expecting to be challenged. Yeah, um, and that they've ended up just being a bit too good, which is generally what they're happens only just going sort of at the moment. They're they're doing very much a we know we're really good, so we'll flick the switch when we need to. That that's how it feels. Yeah, uh, it's oh, it's kind of like Richmond last year in a lot of ways, who seemed to do that early. In the year where they just yeah. flick the switch late, you'd be with them and then bang, they'd be gone. It's not not saying they'll end like Richmond and just have a disappointing end of the season or anything. More that it's a this is what good sides can do yeah. kind of comparison. And they are doing when there's a challenge, when they get to a game and they think we're mm. going to be challenged here, they, have they do just turn the heat up a yeah. notch and all of a sudden you're like, oh yeah, there we go, there's Collingwood. The only like bad performance I'd say they've had was the Geelong loss. But that was just because it was a bad game. They didn't get blown out or anything. It was just, I think, both sides didn't play the, well. Yeah, and it was the first game of the year. Yeah, so that's, that's to... more my point. Like, even against West Coast, where they lost, they weren't that bad. West and, Coast just had them. And this week, they did have a little bit of adversity as well with Dugowie and Darcy Moore. Like, they were laid yeah, out. So, I like, let, let's be outs, honest, but... though. They had less adversity than St. Kilda. Like, you can't claim adversity when the other side has significantly more injuries. Like, that's no, just but, a load of shit. No, but as look, in general, yes. But it was the thing of they've been playing in a certain way with this team on the park with two very, very important structural players. And then they kind of popped out for a week and then you've got to figure out how you're going to do it from that point on. That, that, that makes it tricky. Maybe. Maybe. I still don't fully believe that. If it was two to two, yeah, I'd understand the circumstances are slightly more difficult. But St. Kilda are missing about six of their top 12. They're, yeah, I know. they're they, in unbelievable straights with their injuries. And, and they've been super impressive. I, I don't doubt that. But would you would you look at the last two weeks at Collingwood and would you say that's a negative or a positive, what they've done? 
I'd go pretty neutral, to be honest. I, I, I see it as a positive. I really do. Every game out there is a game that needs to be won. Yeah, yeah I agree with that. It. But it's also, it's almost... It's a neutral because of where I thought they would be. and like They haven't changed my perspective on them. It is a good thing that they won, obviously. But it doesn't make me go, they're good or they're bad. Or they're better or they're worse. Like I'm feeling the exact same way. Yeah. And to be honest, this game was probably more about being a good game that St. Kilda showed up for and played really well in than Collingwood. And actually, last game as well. Yeah. The last two games have more been about the opposition playing really well and it being just an awesome game of football for the majority of it than Collingwood playing down to competition or anything like that. So from that perspective, it is a good thing. You're right. It's funny. When you look at the way St. Kilda are playing, do you see them as being... Do you see them as being substantially different to what they have been in previous years in terms of what they're trying to do? Ah, uh, trying to do... I, I don't think I don't think I do to be honest. I, there's been this they, a little. I've heard a little bit of talk around. They're the less wasteful than they were last year. Last year they overpossessed the ball a bit more. This year they're a bit more direct. That's probably think, the only. thing. I think they've been trying to do that for. They've always been a team who've tried to move the ball at a lightning pace through the corridor. I suppose now they're they're better on the switch now than they were. Yeah, and they're, they also be, are sharper going inside fifty. I think that's a big thing. They're getting more reward for their effort like member is playing really well every time i watch him his hands are so sticky and you get like two or three good entries or good results from an entry more than you normally would because he sticks these really tough marks and like yeah. that that turns them from an averagely dangerous side when going forward to an actual dangerous and, and side. bruce being back has helped them so yeah that, and like, that's, that's just bruce has had thing. like two bad weeks and st kilda were bad those two weeks yeah like well, you so look at it that way is as much form as anything. But yeah. that still has to be credited to the coaching yeah. staff in a lot of ways. I suppose, I, I suppose it, it seems just a little bit more organised this time the way they're moving it forward. I think in the past I've always tried to move it quickly, but now they're able to be like, we want to move it quick, but maybe this time let's just switch it yeah. and we'll get players to the other side and then we'll move it quick and they're, yeah, they're rather than every time just, just go for it. Yeah, the positional move of Billings to play Hios helped because they're getting the link. They're not breaking down because Billings is a very good kick. Terrible kick for goal, but very good kick in general. And they they used to break down very early in the chain because Sebros or Jack Stephen or someone would just yeah. blow it. Their reliance on both those players gone down this year. Really unfortunate circumstances with Stephen, but mm. Sebros just isn't getting as much of the ball. Jack Steele sort of replaced it a lot. Luke Dunson's come in, been good recently, but he's, he's not, not he's a not good a kick good either. Kick. But, um, <laughs> they don't have a lot of good kicks, so no. they're doing a pretty good job to be moving the ball in the way they I, are. And that thing, uh, Doby Gresh, Kent has actually been really Yeah, he has. He's, he's also allowed Gresham to play in the midfield, and he yeah, is a good which kick. Which has helped. Yeah, that's so they, they've, helped. they've balanced out their sort of disposal efficiency through the middle of the ground. It's not just all negative they're, they're players. They're swinging and I think more that's been, through the middle. Yeah, I think that's been really, really important for them. Because do you remember how often did they try and go through the corridor and turn it over in that first kick into the corridor? Yeah, yeah that, that was the summer. That was summed up St. Kilda last year. But I, like, I still see that a bit, but they're not... Yeah, they're not... I don't think yeah, they're it doing it in, more often this they're year. They're not doing it in ridiculous circumstances anymore. So, yeah. but to be honest, in terms of how they're playing, I think it's just a few subtle tweaks. I don't think it's substantially different. Yeah, and yeah, a lot more players in a lot better form. Yeah, has helped too. Uh, anyway, let's move on. Brisbane defeated Adelaide by one point in a. That's a bit of a flattering margin for the how good the game was, but um, it was a good game. Yeah, but this was one game which bucked the trend. This actually was uh, quite, quite different. Uh, Brisbane in front for the majority of the game, uh, looking like the better team 
Yeah. Probably pretty, I and think they it, just sort of stopped. When when you look at the quarter. whole four quarters one, you look at it and you think, yeah, Brisbane are definitely better than Adelaide. Now, that's how it felt watching it. Um, and Adelaide yeah, managed to find some Yeah, but we should have known that goals. when Adelaide lost to Melbourne. Like, that's a bad loss. <laughs> yeah, but there's been a bit of growing positivity around Adelaide in the last few weeks. Just to that, And they haven't... At no stage have we looked at Adelaide in one game and thought, oh, yeah, they're, they're going now. But they've yeah, just been finding wins. Yeah, there hasn't been wins. that click in through the forward line. But they were missing Crouch, who's a big part of their midfield. They, yeah. not, they weren't actually facing adversity, but like there, were, there was a little bit more, a little bit missing from what their best side was. And so it's it is a, it's an understandable loss going up to Brisbane and losing. It's, it's not a bad loss by any means. Brisbane are pretty good. Yeah, where are you sitting on Brisbane now? I, I'm very They're sitting positive. fourth. That's too high. Like, if they, if, they, if they finish fourth, like, absolute... Jumping for joy, that is a the most positive season they could have hoped for. I think they'll make the eight. They have a pretty easy draw uh, as a benefit of where they finished last year and having North twice. Um, <laughs> but, yeah, I'm really positive about where they're going to go. This year is going to be pretty good without being great. They're not going to jump straight into contender status, but they're doing the majority of the work to get there. Yeah, I year. think we're, we're in, in terms of them looking in the future, we're in complete agreement. Mm. I think we both think that they are probably it's, the best looking young list, best looking young team. I think if you had to bank on a team who's not currently well, good to be good in five years, they'd probably be your best bet. Yeah, well, it's either them or the dogs, isn't it? As much as that hurts to say. <laughs> They're better than the dogs. Yeah, They're I know, but like, who's the, the other dogs. competition? Yeah, yeah good question. Well, I mean... Do Melbourne classify? Not anymore. I don't think you're that young anymore. Yeah, yeah, we're on the, like young, term, we're on the younger side. In but. terms of like list overall. Yeah, um, but I think I'm probably just slightly lower than you are on them this year. I think if I had to pick now, I probably would tip them for the eight. I'd probably have them like eight. Have you seen who's between like ninth and twelfth though? None of those sides are good. Yeah, I guess. Every side I, just, I look at there, I go, yeah, Brisbane's better. I just, I just don't trust Brisbane yet. That's fair. That's what it comes down to. Because they Every do week, have lapses where they just don't apply defensive pressure at all. Yeah. And you don't know why. It's because Mitch Robinson's And then some, sometimes their ball front, movement will just fall into pieces. They'll yeah. just start missing a few kicks and they'll look quite bad. The, good, the best thing about Brisbane is I think everything's sustainable about what they do. Like there's no like who's going to retire anytime soon. That's true. No, like even Zorko's not that old. I know. In a forward-looking, looking forward, as long as they just clean up their structures a little yeah. bit more, I, I'm extremely positive. I'll about probably them. need a defensive-minded player. When I tip out Brisbane now, Brisbane games, I'm always like, like they could win it, but I yeah. don't know. They could blow. That's it. kind of where yeah. I sit. So in that sense, I can see them being maybe just in the A, maybe just out. Anyway, let's move on to our top five. We've got a cracking segment this time. Players who are good that can't actually kick. This is a favourite topic of mine. Yeah, you have a few hated players in this this category, don't you? I mean, hate Not is a hated, strong word, strong. but there's a couple where I you do bring it. There are a lot of players, and we'll see them as we go through. Who you just out you're like he's just not good he's bad i'm like well he's not bad he does a lot of good things you're like he just can't kick and i'm like, oh. like every time he touches the ball it's bad <laughs> uh, like I, i'm not as strong on a lot of these yeah as you but are. you do have one you do have one of those players 
Ah, uh, yeah, I do. Yeah, I do. So, and we'll, we'll, we'll definitely don't, don't act like you're above. We'll this. definitely be getting. Anyway, to I'll that. start with my honourable mention. Uh, <laughs> yeah, he's don't a, do this. No, but he's a good kick. He's just having a bad year. Oh. But Gaff has been bad enough to warrant being on this list at the moment. You're putting one of the sexiest footballers in the competition he's on the bad sexy, kickers list. But he would have been sexy <laughs> in blue and white. But he's not sexy. Well, it's a long time <laughs> since we've had this argument. It is a long time. He hasn't been good enough to warrant it. Uh, he's still racking up, but his disposal has been symptomatic and. Probably a cause as well, if you're going to admit it, of the reason West Coast ball movement hasn't been where it normally is. It'll get back. I have no doubt about that, but he's been statistically the worst kick in the competition this year. Just very harsh putting him in there. He's a very good kick who's out of form. It's very, very harsh. Space and honorable mention. Not happy with it. Anyway, my number five, uh, <laughs> I've got to have the Nank at number five. So we know he's putting a Ruckman in. He's a very good player. But he's not a good kick. Surely the whole list should just be five Ruckman. Isn't that pretty much it? Yeah, but that'd be Ruckman a bit too formulaic. <laughs> I, like, I, I don't have a single Ruckman or way. a single fullback. But uh, I ended up just being like, it's all right. I'll just go with the one Ruckman. And he was the most obvious one in terms of he is a good player. He ain't a good and kick. And weirdly, he can occasionally be a good kick. It's just he has some of the funniest shanks you'll ever see. He's not a good handballer either. He stuffs no. up a lot of handballs. He's just not it, a good user. The fact that he's good, given how many flaws he has in his game, is incredible. I suppose, like... He's a good mark and is he's a good, good tackle. If he played for another team, would he be any good? It's just I think we've just fallen into a thing of... He is the Ruckman for a good team, and therefore we give him Maybe. credit. He's just not bad, is the thing. But he brings plus pressure for the position. He does. Which Richmond build off, so that's kind of he does. For them. He, he, and he is a good outlet contested mark, which Richmond need. I guess you'd say he's the best nullifying Ruckman in the competition, which well, isn't... Well, Lysette's pretty good at that. He is, he is. And they're both premiership Ruckman. But, like... That's not the most positive thing to say about no, someone. You're you're good at stopping your opponent from being good, but you're not that good yourself. But he's not a good kick, so he's in my list. <laughs> <laughs> uh, my five, I've gone with Levi Casbolt. Wrong, not a good enough player. Mate. Yeah, but he it's would good be. Players he, is, he is just kick. so bad at kicking that it makes everything else he does untenable to be good. Like, but it still doesn't fit in the category. Wait, no, it does. He would be one of the best key forwards in the competition if he was a. <laughs> Average to above average kick. His hands are so good. He's a great mark. Like, they don't kick it to him that much because they know that it's not going to be a goal or it turns over if he's playing in defense. Did you see that switch he had against North Melbourne where he just kicked it straight to Mason Wood? I did, actually. And you know the best thing about that? If he hadn't been taken a mark by Mason Wood, the next player to touch the ball was still a North Melbourne player. (laughs) But like, he's such a bad kick. But if you get past that, he is good at most things. Nah, now, nah, Izzy, I challenge you on that. He's a massive boy who has unbelievable hands, like elite hands. What else do you need for a key forward? You need a bit of craft. I don't think he's a particularly smart forward. I don't think he's great on a lead. He's just a guy who kind of stands at the top of the square. But I don't think he does any it. of those things because they don't want to channel the ball through him. He's only got one role because the only role he's positive enough in to make up for the fact he's such a bad kick. I would still, in my head with him, I think he's a bad footballer who has a couple of very good attributes who make him look good. No, I think he's a big boy with I good I think hands. he'd be good if he could kick. <sighs> all right, all right. Uh, my number four, I've got a couple of ones I just wanted to chuck in there for my own personal stuff. Uh, I've got Viney at uh, number four. You are just upset that Melbourne is shit, aren't you? A little bit, but mm. yeah. Uh, <sighs> Viney's... He's really good at what he does. But God, does he have some limitations. He's not very clean. 
at all. He was a bit better this week in that sense. What's weird? He falls over a lot and he can't kick. When you watched him as a kid, he was clean. <laughs> like, but that, that's a, when we're saying as a kid, like we like he what? was the cleanest kid at school. Like I'm talking about like before he made the AFL. Yeah, but like, of course he was. I know, but it's just it's a cognitive dissonance to me. Like he's he's an he's an ugly footballer. He's just a brute who mm. just slogs his way forward. And what he does is great, and I love him for it. But uh, like he's a bad kick of the footy. He cannot for the life of him kick a stab past. Cannot do it at all. And even his like floaty kicks aren't particularly good. He just kind of places a kick in the general direction he wants it to go. There's no dictating the player to come to it. He just kind of places it there and just hopes that it's going to work out. Um, and yeah, he, he's just he's falling over all the time at the moment. He's that has nothing to do with his kicking. I know, but he's just he's frustrating <laughs> Stop me. Stop whinging. He's got such limitations, but he's so good at what he does. But anyway, your number four is one of your hatreds. I would argue it's more of a love. <laughs> I love to hate this man. Really? Sam Powell Pepper is unbelievably bad at kicking. It's not so he's a bad kick, but he's also incredibly selfish. His decision-making is all about him, and it just compounds his problem with his kicking. Well, can he you... is so bad. He has the most pot shots out of anybody but Dylan Shield, who will be <laughs> mentioned later. <laughs> but can you explain your I like Sam Powell Pepper? No, I don't like hate. I don't like him. I just really like... I really oh, you enjoy, like, you enjoy hating, hating him. Because like, he is one of these players who you'll just be out of the blue being... Pal Pepper is a bad footballer. And I'll be like, well, I mean, he's not. Like, he's what well, he's, he's similar to Viney. What he does, he does very well. When he's he stops seriously being, hard at when it. When he stops being young, he will get torn to shreds for the fact I that he I wouldn't say he is that young anymore. He's like 20. But I think he just... He, he's, he's good enough in his strength areas. He's a very, very, what very contested player. What strength areas does he have outside of one? Well, okay, fine. But he's very, very good at that. And that makes him a pretty good footballer. Yes, he has severe limitations. And yes, he cannot kick to save himself. But I suppose he fits pretty well in your yeah. category. But just <laughs> don't stop, stop criticising him as heavily as you do as a general rule. But there's a lot of that going on in this list. Uh, number three, let's just keep the train rolling. Christian Petrarca, number three. My God, his kicking is bad at the moment. Like, he has never been a good kick. We're well aware when of that. When are you going to give up on him? And... What, as a kick or as a player? Player. Never. It's pretty close. Ned, no, wrong. He's, he's very close to being a star. How what, how old is he? 22, I don't know. Oh, I reckon uh, he's older 22, than that. maybe 23. But he's not... It, it does not take much for Christian Petrarca to be a star of the competition. He just needs to be a little bit cleaner and a little bit of a better kick. And all of a sudden, he's an absolute gun. He... he can break games open in five minutes and he does it he almost does it so regularly like his game on the weekend he could have been best on ground by a mile in the end he played like pretty well that that's what he keeps doing and he still i still think he's very important to us so i'm not as critical of him as a lot of other people are but he is a real frustration he's kicking at the moment it's got in his head every time he gets the ball now you can see he's just panicking he just wants to give it off even when he's on the kicking on the run you can tell he's just not confident how it's going to go he's got a terrible ball draw but it's been compounded will that get fixed like are these problems that'll get addressed i I mean it could it could i don't know is he can he be a star without these problems being addressed probably not no probably not but I mean, I think they could be addressed. 
I don't know whether they will because I haven't seen a lot, imp- lot of improvement in it to this stage. Yeah. And that's what worries it's me. It's five years. But he's not that far off. He's not okay. that far I'll off. I'll take and your word for it. Give you some hope. The rest, the, so the rest of his game is unbelievable. And his kicking is so low that I think the discrepancy between being <laughs> good and being bad at one thing is just catastrophic. Yeah. Anyway. <laughs> <laughs> uh, my three is Paddy Dow. Uh, second year in the league, so it's a bit harsh, but... <laughs> he would be good if he could kick, but he is an abominably bad kick. But the point of these categories, the point of this is the idea of like players who are renowned as good who have this limitation in their kick. But like, that's pretty harsh like, on Paddy Dow. He was a top three pick. Yes. Like, he's supposed to he's be. He's a bad good. kick. I'm not going to push back on that. He's a very bad kick. But I think it's a bit harsh, Chuck. But like, second year so player for where he's supposed to be at, everything is fine. Everything is coming along fine except for the kicking. If he was kicking well, I'd be very happy if, a, if I was a Carlton supporter. True. Where he's at. And that's, that's, the, that's the grade I'm judging him against. But the way he's kicking has made it seem more like a bust than anything else at this stage. I'm not like the, the kick, the kicking. Yet. I'm not. I'm not saying he is a bust, but the kicking is so bad that that's kind of where I'd if lean. If it doesn't if it, improve, it could be a bust. I tend to believe it's more for him. It's more about getting confident at the level because I think a lot of the kicks. That are bad are bad decisions, and I think that and that's can be about addressed. adjusting to the pace. Yeah, and he's still small when he's going to be an inside midfielder who's not big bodied but not small bodied. Like that's that's his natural position, and he's quick, and he'll be able to give himself time and space when he's big enough. But at the moment, he's not big enough, and it's really impacting his sort of decision making, sort of across the entire game. And I think he will be fine. But he's kicking his... <laughs> okay, look, I know where you're coming from. Fair enough. Uh, my number two, we're starting to get into the real kind of obvious ones now. Paddy Dangerfield at number two. His kicking's been better this year. Yeah, it has been. He is not a good kick. Can't kick for goal. He can't kick Except for... Except for his outside 50 on the left side of the field. Very good from that spot. He can't really kick full stop, really. He can't kick on the run. But he he can't really kick action. from a standing start. He's got a nice action, it which looks, it isn't the point of this argument, but he does have a nice he's action. He's not a good kid. He's a bit of a butcher, Danger. It was sort of thing where he like does something unbelievable, spins out of a pack, busts out of it, sprints away, and then turns it over. He does yeah. it all the time. I mean, I've said before, like the similarities between him and Petrarca are amazing. Like, he's he's just, a good stationary kick. Like He's a pretty good... Is he? Yeah. No, he's... Well, he's fine. He's a fine stationary. Yeah, seeing so the issues more, he, when he gets carried away. and yeah. doesn't steady. When he's I, on I think run. when he's on full blast or even sort of half. But then he should be a good set shot. Yeah, in that sense, that's true, mate. He's, he's Petrarca, like, except good and plays a different position. <laughs> Apart from that, they're exactly the same football. There are like seven different attributes Danger has where he's comprehensively better than Petrarca. Oh, and he's quicker. <laughs> he's a better overhead mark. <laughs> like, no, tracks are great overhead. Yeah, mark. and he's not as good as Dangerfield. I don't think he's far off at all. <laughs> tracks are really, although he bungled one up this week. But no, he's a really good overhead. He's got all of Dangerfield's strengths, but Danger, but he has Dangerfield's weaknesses minus a million. Like it's just <laughs> exaggerated to an extreme. And he's extent. not as quick. And he's not as quick, correct. Also, Dangerfield is like the best contested ball player ever, statistically. Like, he has had the best... Track is outstanding in a contest. Yeah, but you're judging him on things he's never shown. Because he hasn't been given the chance. He plays in a different position. I added that to my silly comparison banjo. You're you're projecting. (laughs) Can't do that. No, they're very similar. Anyway, next up. This one's just a Monty for you to agree with me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Sebros. 
Yeah, he can't yeah, to save no, you, himself. Yeah, he could push back on the good bit, but yeah. he racks the ball up, and I think he's a net negative the more he racks the ball up. Like there are certain. So you think he's a negative footballer? If I had a hundred midfielders, no, that's probably too many. But there'd be a, he'd be <laughs> low down on my list of where I'd want to pick a midfielder. Yeah, because he's too important. And too bad. Yeah. Look, the only thing I can push back against you on this is this idea of I think he's such a bad kick that I don't think he's a good yeah, but player. He, also, he gets like thirty <laughs> touches a game or twenty eight touches a game. But he's, I don't think he's good. I do not uh, think yeah, he's a good Yeah, I know, football. but like he's good enough at everything else. Yeah, that's fair. And like at that point, the thing we're saying is you're you're saying he's so bad at kicking that he's not a good footballer. And I think that kind of still fits in this argument. Yeah, well, I mean, I'm being a bit of a hypocrite because when I yeah, look at my number, number one, <laughs> I've got Lockie Hunter at number one. And look, to be honest, what I just said about Severus is exactly what I think about Hunter. Except probably a bit more. Yeah, I, I, I think... Lockie I Hunter think, once, won, once won North Melbourne a game off his own boot when he had 44 touches. Yeah, he, he, he was a significant... Awesome. He was one of the worst players on the ground. <laughs> he had 44 so touches. That game. He <laughs> does that... Often, I, I do not think Lockie Hunter's a good footballer at all. I would not, I would not pick him for Melbourne. I would not want him in the team. I think he is a dreadful kicker. Yeah, and you have I, terrible wingmen. The the problem with Lockie Hunter is that it's not he's not a bad kick in the sense that he goes for tough kicks, then sometimes shanks them. He does conservative, easy kicks. He's not damaging at all. Also, can only and kick the ball forty meters, and he still butchers them. Why is he Western Bulldogs outlet from defense? I know, like often it's Daniel or um, or Suckling or someone who is a pretty good kick but sort of the second link in that chain always seems to be hunter maybe he's why just, i think he's just good at finding the ball in that sense he knows where to go to yeah, get he's, it on the receiver he's the a back half. fantastic like, endurance runner but god it's not who you want to have in, in i, I just don't think he's a good player of, at all anyway you're number one literally every single one i've had so far you said yeah but he's just not good and then you come out with that. Yeah, okay. <laughs> but that was just a, that's a personal one. I just had to put it. All in. of these for me are personal. Everything for me yeah, is okay. personal. All right. All Except right. for the Carlton ones. Spe- especially this there. one. Yeah, Dylan Shield. And I agree with you. He's such a bad kick that he's no good. <laughs> no, you don't. <laughs> Dylan no, Shield is a star. Uh, Not a good kick, but he's a star. He is. He's a gun. Some of the games this year, he utterly destroyed you. He yeah. destroyed North Melbourne. He was unbelievable that game. Kicking wasn't great, but he was still he, he impacted the game. He's to not an in the top level. echelon of midfielders in the game. He's not far because of his kicking. He's in the second bracket, but he's talked about as though he's in the first bracket. Yeah, yeah, and he's that's in, my problem with him. He's, he's not what people say he is because he looks so he's good. Overrated. Like, oh, he looks shit. like Chris Judd. He moves yes. like Chris Judd with but left footed. It's the same run, same shoulder posture. Yeah, yeah, Everything is, is like identical. Yeah. Actually, he plays his posture and stuff like Chris Judd, and he looks a bit like Daniel Kerr. I really do think Shield's been great this year. I think he's been really, really good for Essendon. Yeah, and he can't kick. Can't can't deny that. But he's a he's a really my good favorite player. thing this year is everyone's been critic criticizing his kicking. Yes. Champion data came out and like statistically showed he's the exact same kick he was at GWS, yeah, where yeah, everyone was just like he's a jet and no vi- problems yeah, with it, him at all. It's Victorian bias. That's what it is. But anyway, let's get back into some footy, I reckon. Yeah, Geelong defeated the Western Bulldogs by 44 points in a... Yeah, had seen this before. Yep, had another <laughs> one of these games. Uh, Dogs are really good for they, the first half, two, two and a half quarters. 
sort of dropped so off. So do you towards... still think they're going to win the spoon? Is that where you're sitting at the moment? Look, mathematically, it's still possible. <laughs> <laughs> you said they will. Though. I did not say they will. Stop putting words in my mouth. This is getting annoying. I've but, had a bad week, Scott. No. Good game of footy. Really good game of footy. You're coming honest, around on Geelong. At what point do you go? Because you you sent you sent me a message. Yeah, I I think it's a good. It's it's backing up a lot of what I'm saying. But like, I mean, it's backing it up in terms of we're both looking at Geelong and seeing the how same good thing. they are at the moment. But like, I think I if, just believe. I think if you have fifty inside fifties and you kick while well, they kick twenty one goals seven, hmm. I think that is at a level. But we is have that never... just because you're so used to having to watch Melbourne have a hundred inside fifties <laughs> to kick ten goals? No, it's not. Why? <laughs> how often will we? Like, I don't know. But how often would we see that sort of efficiency in football? And they've been doing that sort I don't of know. thing. When you see teams flog other teams and have high scores, they, didn't they flog do. Them. They won by 44 points in the end. In the end. But I, they, no, I meant more from a scoring output. Like, when you see teams score, how, what did they end up on? But I don't. I haven't been watching Geelong games and thinking, apart from the Melbourne Geelong's game. Geelong's got 133 points. Of yeah. course they were going to be efficient going inside 50. But not to, normally if you score 133 points, you will have had... 60 to 70 inside 50s. No, I disagree. 70 no, inside 50s. No, that's an absurd efficiency. Yeah, that's but crazy. 70 inside 50s is an absurd amount. That's the most anybody ever has. We had bloody 75 and lost a game by 80 yeah, points. Yeah, because to... you are absurdly <laughs> shit in your Ford 50. I know, but like when I have watched Geelong games this year, I have not felt like Geelong are absolutely dominating here. They're steamrolling the opposition. I've often thought and thought, Oh, yeah, they're, they're kind of staying in. Oh, yeah, they're a little bit in front. Oh, yeah, they just keep kicking goals, and then all of a sudden they're in front. Well, like that, I think that's our frame of thinking about it. They're just so good at that part I, of the I game. Just, I don't think that's sustainable. I don't think that's ever been sustainable in AFL football. I've never seen a team be that clean and that efficient across a course of a season. And when a team does it at round 0 to 10, I get a little bit worried what it's going to look like in round 20 and in finals. I get worried whether you'll be able to keep that. When you're a, a well-structured team and a manic team, I believe that can but be But both consistent. of those are still true. Not to the extent They have of the best defensive structure in the league. They have for three years. They are very good defensively. I can't deny that. They're the number one... But I, I, I suppose it's in the middle where I'm not entirely... But when you look at their midfield, they have as much talent as anybody, except maybe Collingwood. And that's because yeah, Collingwood I mean, have the most talent I think I've said, ever seen. You said that last year and they weren't that good. Yeah, because they fixed their forward line. But they fixed it too much. It's just like, that's not going to... So even if they unfix it a little bit, they're still going to be heaps better than they were last year. I'm not saying... And last year they had the second best uh, percentage in the comp. And yes, that was a flak track bully thing, but still. I'm not saying they're definitely not going to be there at the the absolute end of the season. Have you seen their draw for the rest of the year? Yeah. They'll win the minor premiership. Yeah, probably. But... I just I, I want to see what happens when things get a bit tricky, and it if will happen. It happens Brisbane all the time. Brisbane or West Coast, who are real chances to be top four, they're playing those that won't be Brisbane. Yeah, but like well, I would give I would moment. give West Coast a chance to beat. Would you at Cadinia? It would be at Cadinia, which is upsetting. It's not it's not say West Coast. It's say a team that they play at the G. It's a Richmond. Or I don't know. Like I believe it to be possible that they fall into a bit of a heap at some point. I believe it is possible. It's just a little bit too oh, pretty. That's fine, but they're playing better at the G as well. Like, things are just looking I great. And I, I agree. Just, you're so upset. You're so bitchy about it. Moaning. <laughs> anyway, let's move on. Sydney defeated... What are you Hull. doing? Are you serious, mate? Do you really hate it this much? <laughs> are you being this much of a grump? Banjo, it's time for Billy Gower's watch. Billy, 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 Billy Gower's. Billy, 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 Billy. 
Oh, I'd just forgotten we're an hour in, so I was trying to get a move on. The shock on your face when you realised that you'd skipped over Billy Gower's watch. But look, we won't spend a lot of time on it, because my God, was this the most Billy Gower's game you have ever seen? Four kicks, four handballs, one tackle, one mark, one goal, one. Heaps of fours. It's just it's just Billy in a nutshell. Well, he's yeah. averaging, what, 43 in fantasy this year? Uh, nine disposals. Yep. Mm. Uh, look, he's not racking up great stats, um, but we love him. And I voted for him. Greeny has one of his feet <laughs> amputated at one point, and it's covered up, and that's why he's playing so badly. What? Never mind. <laughs> Am I missing something? No, I'm just riffing on why he could be so bad. Oh, yeah. And, like, a normal injury would affect him. He's not bad. So I, he still so, kicked one goal one. That's pretty standard sure. Billy output. He's kind of like their most targeted key forward, except for Norton now, God, I guess. God, this, this segment's just losing its luster. Oh, it's, it's getting luster. grim. But anyway, can we move on? Yeah, we can move on now. Sydney defeated <laughs> North by five points. Uh, ready to move on? Best best result of the round, probably. Uh, we was robbed. You oh, see? were you now? We was robbed. Were you? Yeah. How were you robbed, Banjo? You were down by five goals early in the last quarter. Yeah, we should have come back. You should have lost comfortably. So uh, This is similar the, to what we said about Papley Adelaide goal. Brisbane. The fourth Papley goal? It is very similar. But the fourth Papley <laughs> goal? One of the most farcical free kicks that ever led to that. Marley Williams got pushed in the back and nearly fell over, accidentally soccered the ball out, and they gave it a deliberate farcical. But also... Inside 50 in the last quarter, Goldstein has his jumper stretched, nearly ripped apart. Oh, I did see that one. And that's, I, that just should have been a free kick. Do you know how, how much hard work I put into not complaining about the umpires in the Melbourne game, which was probably the biggest robbery I've ever seen? I didn't want to put see, that in there. What you and you go straight to, we were robbed. We was robbed. <laughs> what you don't realise is I was quite intoxicated while watching this game and don't have great <laughs> memories of it. Outside, Jai Sinkin did some nice things. You lost to Sydney. That's pretty, oh, that's pretty upsetting. It's, Abominable. Mind you, they've won two in a row now. Yeah. Neither of them in super convincing fashion, but no, both by a kick to bad teams. Then they Kennedy was out as well, mate. That really adds something to it. Good draft, though. I hear it is a great draft. Have I I told you my (laughs) conspiracy theory? Oh my, my dream. Yes, you have told me your conspiracy theory. So dream scenario: North Melbourne, some combination of one and two with Carlton. Pick two goes to Adelaide. Shift one of the two number. Two top draft picks that are both best mates and want to play together. Doug gets miserable in Adelaide. North have the other one. Just comes home, slots in nicely in that North Melbourne side. Get Josh Kelly as well. Make it a big kumbaya situation. Premiership in two years. Shut up. Uh, (laughs) The real question. But it is a good draft. When you get to that point, who will be coach? How, where do you see? Are you? I, I actually don't. You haven't really laid a claim on whether you want Scott around. You've kind of just. Talked around yeah. the idea it's there. I don't know if you've really picked a side. Torn? Honestly, yeah. I am torn. I don't really have a side. Uh, so, part of me thinks there's we're a less good version of where... Or more... Yeah, so just a less good version of what Richmond and Collingwood went through last couple of years. Where even St Kilda, that. yeah, like this, yeah, and even St Kilda this year, where just got it wrong, had to tweak some things with the game plan, and like our game plan is just we got it wrong. Like we are number one for handballs, number eighteen for kicks. It's just we've misread it. We're wrong. Like we've over over stratified the way we move the ball too much, and it's not working. And I think that can be addressed. With sort of a revamp of the situation, and I think Scott has enough credit in the bank, in my mind at least, to be given a shot at that. On the other hand, 
we're playing old sides. We're not giving guys like a Hearn and Davies Uniac a game. Don't know why. Um, there's just a lot. That is that is a bit weird. I I I, I would not sack him at all. I've said in the past. I, I think he's an outstanding. I think yeah, he's done. He's, he's also been there for ten years. But, that, and that but the, gets... is that a reason? Like that—that's the thing which annoys me. When someone has been at a club for a long time and that team is not doing well, it's just like you got to sack him. Yeah. But that—that's the the mentality around football. I don't think that's that's not how it should be. Yeah. If he's been a very good coach for a long time and you're going through a slump, back him into turning. So it this around. is a this is a bad. He's got he's got too much out of your com- list for a long time. Because the guy I'm going to compare him to, I don't think is a good coach. But Worsfold went through this at. Uh, at West Coast, he was given a chance to rebuild and he did get them back into the top four before he left. They kind of collapsed again after that, which is the problem. But he did turn that around back into a top four side. So, like, it has happened. And maybe... Maybe there's... Like, I do think there is a fair bit to work with on the list. I I don't think our list is bad at this point. I suppose my issue with it is the criticism of... I haven't heard reasons for the criticism of Scott. I've just heard North Melbourne are not good. Scott has been there for 10 years. Get rid of him. Yeah. I haven't heard anyone actually say why he's a bad coach or why it's not working. Really annoying. Every time we play terribly and we should have the blowtorch put on us in the media... Carlton play worse, <laughs> or someone else plays worse, and steal the limelight. So, like, we are doing a lot of things wrong. I've complained about the game plan fairly extensively yeah, this year. but people get it wrong sometimes. Yeah, like Hardwick, definitely. The year before they won the flag, just got it wrong. And they yeah. cleaned out. I think we need I, a... I'd say Chris Scott last year got it wrong as well. And yeah. And now he's done an unbelievable job. Yeah, that's true as well. Buckley just... Buckley just sort of developed. I think he just, yeah, yeah. figured it out. Um, but I think we need a clear out of our assistants. Pretty much everyone's been there for a while. Lee Tudor's a good assistant, but he's been there for a long time now. Uh, Darren Crocker's been there for a long time. And he's sort of a club legend, so it's kind of hard to see him go. But there's just a lot that's been there for a long time. And we don't really spend a whole heap of money on our assistants, given our financial situation. So I would like a few more interesting hires brought through. If yeah. like something needs to change on the coaching stuff anyway. Anyway, talking about the team which is stealing your limelight. Yes, Carlton defeated. No, they didn't. They lost to GWS <laughs> by 93 points. What a game. Yeah, well, this is almost Do you remember when uh, GWS smashed Richmond that the hard we got it wrong as you're talking about and they kicked about 70 points in the first quarter. It was just one of the sexiest things I've ever seen. Yeah, yeah. I, that game, this felt a lot like that in the first half. Oh, but God. The Carlton didn't do any defensive work at all. The rubbish of Carlton, <laughs> though. Oh, it's, it's the fact it's happened twice in three weeks now. Like yeah, they, with one really good performance. They, they'd had a run of being competitive and you get a bit of hope and then mm. they had their bad performance and they turned it around the next week and you're like, okay, they've had their Flip bad on the performance. Radar, yeah. That's okay. And then it happens again. Like... Oh, I can just, I just have so much empathy for Carlton supporters at the moment. Like I've just, I've experienced this before and it's just, this would be the most devastating loss, the devastating performance they've had in a very, very long time as a supporter base. This is a lot worse because you get to the point when you're just like, we're just bad and yeah. you're just and miserable and you're 93 it. points was flattering. Yeah. Like, I think GWS took their foot off the gas for an entire they half. The, the second half, they just toyed with them a bit, just kind of held on to possession and just didn't really bother. Um, and Carlton just did not give a whimper. It's mm. just, it's a bit sad. And it's this wasn't a full string. It wasn't a full string DWS side. Like, Cornelio was out, their second best player, third best, fourth best, giving Whitfield and Cameron ahead of him. <laughs> yeah, okay. <laughs> um, uh, yeah, they've, it is unbelievably bad performance. They had one tackle in the first 20 minutes. GWS had 60 more possessions and 11 more. 
How does that happen? I, I don't know. Like, fundamentally, how does that happen? I, like, I, I don't They'd know. kick seven I, goals. I don't know how it happens to a team who played an incredibly tough, hard-working brand last week and got a pat on the back for it and how they can just straight away just disappear again. I, I don't understand the mentality behind it. And you can't really analyse these sort of performances too much because it's you can't analyse how a team's tracking when they don't try. Yeah. And I suppose it just comes down to... Yes, you can blame the coach for that. You can blame the players a bit for that as well, but there's something wrong. There. It was going to go one or two ways, all these close losses. They were going to get the breakthrough and they were going to get some reward and feel good about themselves and that would spur them on to remaining competitive. Yeah. But they didn't. They had one bad loss. They fought back really hard again and still lost. And then that just sort of spirals. Like, there's a real chance they're just awful for the rest of the year because uh, I'd, I'd it say breaks. That, I'd say there's every chance that they'll be really good next week. They've got some Kilda. I'm, I'd consider tipping him. I, I no, honestly, interesting. I, I can see them just doing what they did against Collingwood. It's bad teams get into that that mentality where they just they get up for one week and then they as a letdown and they get up for another week and it's uh, it'd be so frustrating, so frustrating. Yeah. Anyway, be, we, I think we have a question in the mailbag about him. So yeah, we do. So let's, let's just move go on to that. To I the reckon. Mailbag. Uh, we've got one from Alex. Uh, why do teams get a warning for the setting <laughs> up in the six 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 formation and fucking it up? Is he, and why do they get told before it happens as well as Dale Thomas? Is he... he, he wait, is this Stringer that's been asking this question no, every week? No, it's Okay, so we've been asked a question on numerous occasions yeah. by numerous different people. I think that's the first uh, time that's ever happened. It has to stop now. Like, I, I haven't minded the idea of the warning, to be honest. Yeah, it's it's been just getting such, a bit farcical, It's been it? such a radical change to the mm. game. To, and, to the, and it's it's at a time in the game where you can give a warning because the game hasn't actually started yet. Yeah. Like, you have the time to do that. So I haven't mind the idea of giving them a bit of training wheels for a while, but it's been long enough now. I if reckon the teams they, haven't figured it out now, no, it gets yeah, You're think, getting punished. I think they should just say at the buys, it stops. Just yeah. give it a just a real marked line midway through the season, it stops. Yeah. Because no, it can't continue. It certainly can't continue next year. No. It, it absolutely cannot. Yeah, no. And, like... It's got to the point now they've been doing it long enough. If you stuff it up, then you should be penalised for it. It's getting yeah, to the it's point. Not a, it doesn't feel like a new rule anymore. Yeah, it, it feels commonplace. It's, it's it's your fault. It's your fault. So, yeah, that's where that sits. Yeah, next question. Is so I'm asking it mm-hmm. now? Yeah, okay. Uh, what, uh, oh, is Brendan Bolton Linden? <laughs> Would Carlton hire Ratton as coach again? Was this Pooch? Yes, this is Pooch. Yeah. Okay, so for the first part, I think he's going to be Linden. There's... Getting mm-hmm. to the point where the media have decided is Linden, and that actually matters. Um, it seems to... Outside of Buckley, I can't remember... Yeah. The heat's got to being, that unbearable level now. Yeah, I can't, I can't remember a coach being told you're getting sacked without it happening by the media. Like they, people just cave. Uh, and yeah, to be honest, he hasn't shown enough to make it a bad decision. I don't think he's a bad coach. I, I don't think he's had a good infrastructure around him to really know either way, but he hasn't shown anything that makes you think he's a good coach either. And at it, that point... It gets to that point where results are just unavoidable. Yeah. Like, you just can't ignore how bad they've been for four years now. Yeah. It's, it's been too long and, and they've been too bad. You they've just gone can't backwards it. every year until they win their second game of the year, which still hasn't happened. They're <laughs> still possible again. I wouldn't say they've gone backwards this year, but they haven't gone forwards No, but enough. like... It's possible they're just broken now, and they like they have a stinker until he gets sacked or something like that. They, would you give him to the end of the year? 
I think they will. Like they seem really steadfast in at the moment. Yeah. I suppose we've seen that. I think also when the, the clubs just flip, cap, but the football department spending cap, you're more enticed yeah. to keeping them on. I think it'll stay at the end of the year, but any longer than that, it's it. Yeah, it's pretty hard to see it going. Especially further. they don't have a draft pick coming in this year. Like <laughs> yeah, that yeah hurt. yeah. Anyway, did the Bulldogs win the Tom Boyd trade? GWS's returns were Griffin and Marchbank. Griffin and Marchbank, Tom Boyd. Marchbank's been useful. But yeah, but not for GWS. Yeah, yeah. I think they did by that measure. When measure. did he go? What did, I don't even remember. He hadn't played really at all at Carlton. Yeah, no, of course they did, really. I mean, They got a flag out of it, and he was integral. It wasn't the, it wasn't the Boyd trade that was the thing. It was the money that was the big controversy surrounding Boyd being such a young player hadn't really shown anything yet offering him a million dollars for seven years or whatever I think if the trade hadn't have ended up like I think there was the potential for them to lose that trade pretty badly as well because he's just I, Tom so Tom Boyd's career Griffin is, was their captain and at that point was awesome yes he dropped yeah. off incredibly quickly yes, so that did. that saved them it saved their blushes and then they also had a top six pick that kind of got blown if you think about it yeah um, like at least from gws's perspective like that they, they gave up an absolute truckload to get tom boyd it was worth it because nothing turned out for gws and he won them a flag yeah tom boyd's career would have to be like the most fascinating career we've seen like it's, it's, just... it's the epitome of uh flag or like yeah. win a flag or not yeah like, I, I think yeah he played I think... 50 games was integral in the flag. And he was pretty bad for like 40 it's of like, them. Like a large <laughs> part of it, do you go, what would you, who would you rather beat, Crips or Tom Boyd? Like that's kind of the, yeah. It's kind and of the question you are. We, everyone's asked it hypothetically. We now have like a case study of who to point to. Yeah, and it is an interesting argument. I And, Gee, Western Bulldog supporters will always tell you that it was a successful trade. Yes, yeah. a successful and I decision. think that I think that I matters. I, I think there's reason behind that. I don't. I don't know. I, honestly, I don't know the answer to that because I mean, he's no, he, the way he has played as a footballer is far, far below a million dollars for seven years, a mm. mile below it. But you know, they did win a flag for the first time in sixty years or whatever, and no one else. Like the supporters won't give a toss. They won no, a flag. That's very all that true. matters. So it's it is interesting. Is this me now asking yep. you? I've forgotten. What was the most disappointing event of the weekend for Rory? Labor losing the election, North losing to Sydney, or the Game of Thrones finale? We have gone over this a little we bit. We have, uh, but I have been asked to rank it. Uh, Labor by a country mile. <laughs> uh, Game of Thrones 2, because that's 10 years of stuff sort of ruined. Not ruined, but lessened. And... Uh, by the time North lost to Sydney, I was so drunk and upset about the election that it kind of just faded into the background. Yeah. Our Game of Thrones definitely be the bottom, surely. Yeah. Uh, Labour matters more. No, no, as in Game of Thrones would be the... That, you'd be less disappointed about Game of Thrones. No, North is last. Really? Yeah. One election, two thrones. Just, I suppose by the point we got to, I expected Game of Thrones to be Yeah, shit. that's true. But like... <laughs> I'm, well, just, you I'm turning into like the season. Yeah, okay, okay. So not the actual episode, but the yeah, season. Yeah, and also so. like I've had okay. 10 years of investment into Game of Thrones. It, to be fair, I've had my had entire life. life into <laughs> North. What are you talking about? No, I would definitely, I would assume the Game of Thrones would be Yeah, but North haven't easily folded the least, after but that whatever. game. Uh, anyway, last question. Does Daisy Thomas to deserve, to deserve to be sent straight to the tribunal for calling the boundary umpire a fucking cheat? Well, I mean, he's been fine now, hasn't he? Yeah, about seven and a half. Less than what Rampy got, although I'm not sure if any of it was suspended. So I think, like, 
I don't particularly care that he called the umpire an effing cheat. That's uh, I don't think he's a horrible person for doing that. But no. yes, he should have copped a fine for it. Absolutely should have copped a fine yeah, for it. Yeah, do you think seven and a half grand? That. Seems a bit steep. You get a grand for punching somebody. I suppose, like, I don't know. To be honest, I feel like this stuff would, people would say this sort of stuff. I think they could week. have swept it under the rug so easily, which yeah. seems like the I MO. Think they, they often do sweep that yeah. stuff under the rug. And like, just, that, so that's what's weird about it. That this is, this seems like something unique that's never happened before. I when think, it would happen on the yeah. ground every single week. I think it's performative again. I think the same way, what decision was I saying they were protecting the umpires? <laughs> I said something last week, but I think the uh, yeah the goalpost stuff. It's the uh, AFL again making a very public demonstration. Yeah, they're, they're trying they're trying to make on a the point side that, of the umpires. Yeah, yeah, no, that's definitely what they're doing. But it is a weird. So he's stiff in the sense that why him when yeah. it would happen all the time? But like I agree that if you shouldn't that's be allowed 17, to call, 000, you should be punished for calling an umpire a cheat. Yeah, that's seventeen thousand dollars in the last two weeks for insulting umpires. Yeah, it probably should have just been a free kick. But uh, we have a uh, surprise question which has come in from oh, uh, do we? from Alex Bell. He sent it to me. I don't oh. really know why. Uh, his Funnily question enough, is, I've got a surprise question for you after oh, that's this. Good. Uh, the question is, uh, who is the prime minister of Australia at the moment? My prime minister is Bill Short. <laughs> Forever in my heart. Surprise, surprise! It came from Stringer. Well, what's my surprise question? Uh, this is for uh, this is from I wasn't Dan. Expecting this is this from Dan, uh, who asked the question about the uh, gold jacket, green jacket last oh, week. Oh yeah, I'm uh, still trolling me on it. Yep, isn't yep, he? yep. So he says Brisbane had a debut debutant on the weekend. What was his name? <laughs> <laughs> oh, I don't know. Matt Hinge, I think he's. Would you? You wouldn't have known that. Yeah, I didn't no. watch the well, game. When he sent me, me when alone. he when he sent me the question, I was like, "Oh, did they?" <laughs> I wouldn't know a lot of debutants. That's not bias. There's a lot of debutants for lots of teams. I wouldn't know. Oh, I don't know. I'm. I don't a like pattern. this, Dan. Boy. All I'm seeing is a pattern. Uh, well, are we doing battle situations? Of course, we're doing battle situations. Okay, it's a hundredth pod. We can go. It's over. a it's a pretty short one. Uh, <laughs> I don't know how politically correct this one is, so I didn't know whether to go with well, it. Well, the you Liberals just won, a, won an election, so it obviously doesn't matter. <laughs> Stephen Hawking, but his wheelchair only has 24% charge versus Hans Molman, but he is on a skateboard. So a couple of questions. Is this fight just a jousting match? What do you mean? Are they just playing chicken, running into each other? <laughs> oh, yeah, okay. I don't know. How do you think it's going to play? Well, how else is Stephen Hawking going to fight even if his chair is charged? Yeah, well, Hans can throw arms. Yeah. But anyway, no, I, I, I think, think it's... I think it's a positive, I think it's... It? No, it's slightly irrelevant. Highly like, irrelevant. Because kind of as soon as Hans... Mol- can you just pick it up and As <laughs> soon as Hans Molman gets on the sta- uh, skateboard, something will go wrong. Yeah, it does say, the entire oh. history of Hans Molman is things going wrong. So you reckon... He's going to get run over by a truck before he gets there. <laughs> so you reckon He'll get hit in the fight. balls by a football yeah. before he gets there. That's a fair point. Doesn't... That is entirely no. irrelevant. As soon as he's given the skateboard, Hans, Hans Molman is... In hospital. Okay. If it comes down to if they actually do engage in some sort of a battle, Hans would win it, but he's probably not going to get to that point. Yes. Something will happen before that happens. Yeah, no, I'm with you on that one. Somehow, by sitting there, Stephen Hawking is going to get up. Yeah, it doesn't matter if Stephen Hawking's chair is charged or not either. And 24% would last a while, wouldn't it? Yeah, I don't know the batteries on those things. I would assume they'd be quiet. They would need to be quiet. You wouldn't have to charge it. Like... So even if you have to charge it once a day, which I think is the most you'd ever have to charge something like that. You'd you think. Yeah. That's still like 
24% yeah. is four hours. So, I mean, he's that only fight got a, is not lasting yeah, four hours. Yeah, Hans would have been run over well before that. Yeah, no, nah, I'm definitely with you on that one. Good to see us uh, being in agreement for once. Hmm. Yes, anyway, thanks for listening. <laughs> that was the 100th ever episode of the Flames on Footy podcast. Hope you enjoyed. Uh, we implore you to keep listening. Give us a like on Facebook if you haven't already. And uh, yeah, have a great week. Go the Mighty Libs. Oh, I hate and you 20s. so much. You just make yourself look like a tool when you say that, Scott. <laughs> yeah. <laughs>